ego cogito cogitationes pacis. I think thoughts of peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's been several Sundays since we celebrated the normal Mass of the Sundays after Pentecost. A few Sundays ago, we had the remarkable introit in which God himself speaks for the first time in the introits of the Sundays after Pentecost. And he spoke and he said, I am the salvation, I am the health of the people. And in the intervening Sundays, if we look at the readings appointed for Matins, we continue to see the affliction of God's people. Their affliction in the time of the Maccabees, their affliction in the time of the Babylonian captivity, the prophet Ezekiel. Today we heard the beginning of the book of the prophet Daniel. Again, Israel is in exile. Israel is in the belly of the beast, so to speak, in Babylon, in the heart of the evil empire opposed to God and his people. And it's at this moment, as we draw close to the end of the liturgical year, that we have one final introit, the last introit of the entire cycle of Sundays after Pentecost. And in this introit, God once again speaks. And what is it that he tells us? He tells us what mankind has been wanting to know since the beginning of history. What is it that God is thinking? What is God's disposition toward us? As the brothers of the Pentateuch class heard yesterday, the question that Israel asked in the desert, is the Lord with us or not? Is he among us? Is he on our side? What is God's disposition towards us? And the Lord speaks in today's Mass, and he tells us, Ego cogito cogitationes pacis, et non afflictionis. I think thoughts of peace, and not of affliction. We've heard of these thoughts before, in fact. Months ago, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, we heard, the thoughts of his heart are from generation unto generation, that he might deliver them from death, and he might feed them in famine. And we hear these same thoughts expressed in different words today, thoughts of peace. God's thought for us, God's desire for us, is peace. What is peace? St. Augustine tells us peace is the tranquility of order. All that God does, all that God creates, he does according to a marvelous order that reflects his infinite wisdom. God created his creation, Genesis, with a remarkable order to be his temple, which he would dwell with his people. But that tranquility of order was shattered by the disorder of sin. It is sin which takes away peace. And the work of redemption is the work of restoring order and thus restoring peace. We hear in the lessons of today's Mass how God goes about restoring that peace, restoring order to his creation. Our Lord does this in two different gestures in the Gospel. He's presented with a child who has died and with a more elderly woman who's suffering from a constant affliction that causes her to be ritually impure. Both of these things represent a kind of death physical death, and a sort of 
ritual death, if you will. And our Lord comes and restores the dead to life, and by the mere physical contact with his garment, this woman is made whole. Normally she would have communicated that impurity to anyone that she touched, but our Lord, who is divine holiness itself, has the power within him to heal all those who come in contact with him, and the rest, thus to restore them to God's order and to restore them to peace. The peace that our Lord brings, we hear in the epistle, is something that his followers are to practice, that they are to strive for. In the prologue of the Holy Rule, St. Benedict tells us, seek peace and pursue it. Without actually using the word in this epistle, St. Paul urges the Philippians, My dearest brethren, my most desired, my joy, my crown, Stand thus in the Lord. I ask Evodia and Sintike, I beg Sintike, I beg the two of them, Edipsum sapere in Domino, to, have, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Someone could write an imaginative story about what was going on between Evodia and Sintike. Who knows? But they've been immortalized for us by the Holy Ghost in this letter of St. Paul as he asks them and beseeches them to be of one mind in the Lord. Because he knows that God wants nothing for his church so much as peace. The peace which comes from unity, the unity which comes from the charity of Christ poured out into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. He makes this same prayer to us. He asks us, he beseeches us to be of one mind in the Lord. Because only when we are at peace are we in harmony with the thoughts of God, which are thoughts of peace and not of affliction? This peace which our Lord restores through his healings, through his miracles, the peace which St. Paul urges the Philippians to practice in their relationships with one another, is also the theme which runs throughout the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Towards the beginning of the Mass, as we hear the hymn of the angels, the glory and excelsis, they proclaim glory to God and peace on earth to men of goodwill. And the Mass will do both of these things. It will give perfect glory to God, offering him the sacrifice of his Son. And as perfect glory is given to God, as man is brought into a right relationship with God, the fruit of this is peace to men of goodwill. The reestablishing of Order in our relationship with God brings order into all of our other relationships. It brings us peace both within and without. And so as the Mass progresses, the theme of peace becomes more and more pronounced. And above all, as we arrive at Holy Communion, after the Lord's Prayer, the word pox keeps resurfacing constantly. The priest will pray silently at the altar, Da propitius pacem in diebus nostris, grant us peace in our days, before he breaks the host, and then all of us will beseech the Lamb of God to have mercy upon us and to grant us peace, even as the priest has just said, may the peace of the Lord be with all of you. We will exchange the kiss of peace, which flows forth from the altar, which is the expression of what is made present upon the altar and what we are called to make present in our lives and in our relationships with one another. As we 
receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we are given the source of peace. The peace which flows from the charity of Christ poured into our hearts. Union with our Lord in the sacrament of his love brings us into unity and peace with all of our brothers and sisters who are members of that same body. And so in that moment we are told, Amen, Dico Vobis. Amen, I say to you, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believe that you shall receive it, and it will be done to you. We can ask confidently as we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, because if we approach him with the proper disposition, at peace with God and at peace with our brethren, then he will be pleased to hear our prayers. He hears only prayers that come from hearts that are at peace with him and at peace with others. And if we refuse to live in peace, then we block the efficacy of our prayer rising up to God. But if we open ourselves to receive the gift of his peace, then we can be confident that he will hear all of the prayers which we make to him. Finally, we ask for this peace not only for ourselves, but for those who have passed from this life and are still suffering from the effects of whatever lack of peace was in their hearts. It's interesting that the melody of the introit that we sang in this Mass, and which we'll sing for the next two weeks, is so similar to the sixth mode melody of the introit of the Requiem Mass, which we also heard this week and we'll hear again towards the end of the week. For the faithful departed, for whom we pray eternal rest and light everlasting to shine upon them, we pray for them to enter fully into the peace which our Lord came to bring us, the peace which he offers to us in the sacrament of his love, and the peace which he tells us today is his thought for us, his deepest desire for us. O Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, grant us thy peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost.